Welcome to the Dirtbag Dugout once again, ladies and gentlemen, episode 7 of the Dirtbag Dugout. I would like to welcome you and thank you once again. So episode 7, we got a lot to uh, discuss as far as the NL West. Yeah, as of this recording, uh, I wanted to get ahead of the ball. It is Friday the 7th. Um Yeah, just kind of flabbergasted. I'm not I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen. Uh personally as a personal baseball fan, I'm having a hard time swallowing the pill for the Dodgers right now. I'm having a hard time. I'm not going to lie. It's um it's kind of rough. A lot of bad a lot of bad baseball, a lot of questionable baseball. A lot, a lot of L's to just have to lump together. But I mean, it, it's been, it's been great when they have, when they have, when the Dodgers have got the wheels rolling and have got the offense on track. It has been great to see. It has been championship baseball. It's been everything you thought that they would be when you saw, when you see this lineup on paper, when you see the squad on paper, like you think of um, the other day. Literally after af- days after episode six, blasting the Brewers sixteen to four, hitting two grand slams. You know, player with each. It's the first time it's happened since two thousand. You know, talking about it, something hasn't happened in twenty years. The, the type of play you need to do. But overall, just just really struggling. Dodgers just. You know, losing six and nine, losing nine at twelve. Um, just not, just not winning baseball. And as I had mentioned the last last episode, here we are in May. It's as I mentioned before, the seventh. We're a week into it. Uh, we just we just had them lose. I want to say yet another game got swept by the Cubs. Um, the other day, I want to say if it's Friday, they just got swept on Thursday. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of different things that are shaking up within the NL West. Like, let's just say, for example, AL Central, we have the White Sox, who I mentioned before, Dark Horse team, they're sitting at 17 and 13 right now. You know, the Mets, let's say, let's jump back to the NL, you know, they're, they're, they're doing all right. You know, they're still trying to figure out their identity. Everybody, everybody's just trying to do their thing. You know, but you're already kind of expecting that from the Mets. You're already kind of expecting a roller coaster, which it has been. But losing four, like just going back. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place today. It's just, it's really flabbergasting to just kind of, like being able to hip to to hop around the the league just kind of just kind of sit in watch some other teams kind of just how they how their seasons are developing and then just kind of going back and then just seeing the like the Dodgers losing 14 of their last 18 by this point by 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 today's by the end of today's game like i obviously Many, many injuries have riddled this team. I am not going to... I guess I shouldn't start without obviously bringing that at the forefront. 
But it's just hard, too, with what they do have. I mean, you definitely have a squad that is more than capable of being able to deal with these types of injuries. Obviously, Dustin May being out for the season, that's going to hurt your arm, you know, your your bullpen. That's going to hurt, you know, your your starting rotation. That's going to hurt, you know, if you're already thinking about playoffs, you, the, you know, who's going to be your one, two, three, four guy? Who's going to be your five guy? Who's going to be, you know, are you going to have to bring, bring du- dudes in on two-day you know, less than five days, you're going to have to do the switch up innings. I mean, obviously I'm getting into the weeds here, but even in long term, if you're really thinking about a successful season and if you're really trying to plan well ahead, having somebody out for the year is obviously not in your plan. Having somebody out for six months can be workable depending on the situation and point, but like somebody who's out indefinitely the whole season will still have to consider recovery post, you know, postseason i don't i mean not postseason but in the off season you know that that's not something that teams are just gonna be trying to finagle around and trying to tweak the numbers if you know at at this point you know it's just another it's just another rock to throw to throw in the backpack that you're carrying around you know the season so you know it's it's gonna it's gonna weigh them down they're definitely capable, though. The Dodgers are definitely capable. It's just it's just a rough patch. It's just a rough time to be watching them play baseball. And at least, the very the very least, as far as, like, this therapy session is going, at the very least, it's in May. They lost the total amount. Last year, they're, they're matching the total amount that they lost. So obviously, you know, they're going to lose a few more. Nobody, I mean, if it's already May, but 60 game season, whatever, third of the way, if you're expecting 30 more, that's still 60, you know, if you're talking 17, even if you round it up to 20, if you times that by three, if you're getting on pace, even if they have, a, you know, really bad streaks, I mean, obviously my math is, is going to be off here, but, you know, just follow along with the logic, you know, if you're losing about 60 games, that's still pretty freaking great. If you're still a 100-win team, which this team was very much projected to be 110-plus. I mean, at at the historic start, I know I had mentioned they <laughs> they were on pace for 140 wins after, like, the first two weeks of the season. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to come back down to earth. And I think that that's that this is that moment for them, obviously coming way back down to earth almost nose diving back down to earth but i mean they haven't completely crashed as i mentioned before while there are many injuries riddling them there won't there won't be quite enough to really stifle them while there is a very mixed bag in the nl west it is still a very long season and things will pan out in certain ways i believe that the dodgers and their fans should still remain, I want to say cautiously optimistic. I don't want to say it's a it's still a wrap. But I wouldn't be ready to start calling it. I mean, it's only May 7th. Like, come on. We we haven't even I mean, if you think like I like to think of it in terms of like the show. We just got our first, you know, month pack. We just got our first player of the month deal. We just, you know what I mean? 
with all these updates, obviously server crashes and whatnot. I mean, we got this first real update, you know, to fix the servers and stuff. Like, we're still this early on. We're still within the first wave. We're still in the first phase of this thing. Like, Fairweather fans, I can't, I can't stand it. And I, and I have been guilty a time or two, Come, you know, stemming from frustration, especially living, pretty much having lived my whole life the last time that they had won was literally a month before I was born. So having never witnessed a championship, I mean, it does, it does, it does add up. Obviously, you know, I could say the same for Cubs fans, you know, for Red Sox fans at one point, you know, obviously the Astros fans. I mean, we won't, we won't really get into that, but like, as far as time, time, the time span. So to see different squads have a lot of different levels of success and to fall short, you know, has obviously been very heartbreaking time after time. So, but again, I know that this squad, I want to say the 19 was probably the best one assembled. I think even though they got punked by the Nationals, because I don't think it was 17. It could have been though. But that's the thing though. This whole, the last couple of years have been, have just been so amazingly great. That it's not it's not from a place of of disappointment. Like it's it's obviously a little bit of, of being spoiled, you know, having finally having a squad to be consistently a hundred win, you know, hundred plus win team. Like that's not something where you just get every day, regardless of your payroll. You know, even these I mean, and obviously we can talk about different eras or whatever, you know, but those those Yankees you know, those dynasty Yankees, you know what I mean? If we're already talking about this type of team or this squad being able to match up with other historic teams, like that's not something to scoff at. So kind of getting back to my original point, while there are very many injuries riddling and hurting this team, this team is still championship caliber. Despite their recent play, they do have the tools, they have the capabilities, they have the know-how, they have the grit, all that to be able to get it done and to be able to to bring a repeat championship home is just a matter of getting out of their own heads like same thing that was going on with the Mets as I mentioned in the last pod they're kind of just doing their own thing I mean they're just kind of at the wayside and then all of a sudden you have this Donnie Stevenson character to show up and just show them how to take care of business and now they're starting to write ships, so it's I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to take some kind of... And these things happen, too, within teams. There's just, like I said, there's just certain parts in the season where you hit that slump. It's how you respond to it, how you adjust, how the team adjusts, how the franchise, whatever level, however you want to put that, how they adjust, you know, coaching, whatever have you, policies, training regiments, you know, whatever. If, like, for example, say the front offices have some say so on the foods that they you know cater or what you know something something like that that's what i mean by like if there's a decision up there that makes a difference you know because they don't they don't want to eat shitty food or something or you know what i mean like in that in that respect there's different things that organizations do to try and to try and tweak not only i mean you look at all these 2k games you know the video games with chemistry plus minus but that thing does play a part. There really is something about building and managing a, a cohesive team. Chemistry does play a part in that. So it's more than paramount 
that these franchises do everything in their power to, I think cater to isn't the right word, but I think just build that cohesiveness without obviously overdoing it. I mean, nobody needs to be building a fire fire pit in, you know, out outside center field or in the, the freaking bullpen and have everybody sing Kumbaya. Like nobody's saying that, but there are definite, definite benefits to build team building exercises, things that whatever this Donnie character has been doing has obviously been working. There are things that where teams do invest in that, that thing does, that thing that has been invested does reap benefits, does reap tangible it's not consequences. It's not, that's not, it's not rewards. It's, I know the words escaping me, but you can see the difference. The results will show themselves in due time. And obviously you can see the immediate difference in, in how, and how they're feeling. And obviously now you have this buzz back on the Mets and now they have this positive, just this positive mojo, just this positive flow going for them. And obviously, I mean, it could just be up to the Mets to, to trip themselves up, but that's what you want. You want to somehow, how do I say this? Like you want to, it's not like grabbing the bull by the horns, but like just for visual, for visual sake, like, yes, you grab, you got to take control of it and just somehow flip it, just flip it to, I don't want to say a positive, but just flip it somehow in a manner that just uses that energy in it's not even a reverse way, but just a different way that, that you just rechannel it somewhere. It it doesn't even have to be anywhere specific. Just something that that it takes it from a burden, because as I mentioned before, these these slumps they happen. These these whatever you want to call it, you know, mind games, you know, hole in the bat, overthinking underthinking whatever whatever it is whatever it is that that's going on is is something is nothing that can't be managed either by self by somebody else obviously mentorship counseling whatever you know obviously if it's personal problems you know family issues you know there's a million different things that that could be affecting either you know the player the management the coaching whatever you know it that that affects performance not saying that it's you know any one person's not performing their job but just you you see the 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 lack in, in efficiency or you see the decrease in in performance you know in what you what you expect so as i mentioned before it's it's paramount for these teams as far as immediate and elongated success to be able to invest in these teams their players well-being not only obviously mental physical but just in that in that realm to be comfortable to feel like this is you know your squad your team however have you and obviously like i said team building bringing these individuals whatever it is is going to reap you benefits in whatever way however trial and error but you're gonna see you're gonna see the difference so kudos to the mets you know long-winded kudos to the mets for doing what they needed to do and thinking outside the box and, and just willing to just go that extra mile just to try and write ship and to write it immediately because I mentioned before it's May 7th you know we're already starting to talk about June ball we're gonna start talking about the all-star break pretty soon I know in a few podcasts I'm gonna start talking about you know 
the shoe-ins, you know, what... And obviously, when we're talking about all-star shoe-ins, we're going to start talking about some of these awards honors. You know, we're going to start talking about who needs who needs to go home with some hardware. So, you know, it's going to be a really ex- exciting time. It's going to be a really exciting chapter as we start getting more into the meat and bones and the thick part of the season. You know, where the it's not necessarily the dog days, but it's definitely not... You know, it's not no spring chicken. Let's just leave it at that. It's not It's not quite fresh. There's still some freshness to it. Still a little bit of pop, as we'll see as these next three weeks play out. But, you know, a week into May, if we're already talking about Memorial Day ball, if we're talking about Memorial Day ball, we're talking about 4th of July ball. If we're talking about 4th of July ball, we're talking about All-Star break. If we're talking about All-Star break, we're already talking about halfway of the season. If we're talking about halfway in the season... Then we're talking about, as I mentioned before in episode six, we're talking about the downward slope and the rapid progression of the next several weeks or the last several weeks, I should say, of baseball. And that comes, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, astonishing rapidly, astonishingly rapidly, astonishingly rapidly. I got to say that three times because I know I messed it up the first time, but it is amazing how quick June, July, August are like that. You know, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when, you know, squads are are racking up whole whole series wins together, racking up a couple handful of wins and, you know, starting to just chug along, cruise along in the in the standings. And, you know, you're starting to get your identity. You're starting to let all the gears kind of come together and let and let the things that that make your team what it is, you know, just let the, let those things loose and, and yeah, it's just going to be a really exciting time for a lot of different teams. As I mentioned before, you know, with the White Sox kind of just sitting at, at Seoul Ale Central first place, you know, that's just something that's going to be exciting to see develop. You know, you obviously see the Angels, um, with what Shohei Otani has been doing, obviously Mike Trout being Mike Trout, but then also, the release of Albert Pujols, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, that's going to adjust their identity in a sense. I mean, whether or not you want to say anything about his numbers, that's still going to change the identity because he still has been a long-standing member of that organization, a long-tenured member. So to not to not be seeing that, that jersey out there is definitely going to be something that's going to take some adjusting, even if it is going to be in you know, lower level ball, or if it's going to take a renegotiation or something, some kind of signing, whatever. But regardless of however that plays out from this point forward, once, you know, once that decision was put out there, you know, the, the face, the face of baseball was forever altered. You know, the, the landscape was forever altered. Cause even if somehow the angels just realize it and they just, Hey, say, Hey, we literally just needed to do this for cap space. Cause we, we figured out a way to get them to do minimum and, but you know what I mean? Just however they just try to play it off as a business move that still makes you conscious, makes you cognizant of, of his career coming to a close. As I mentioned, probably episode one or two, that was something to look forward to in 2021. And I mean, we're already, or we're only 
you know, in the first week of May and we're already, you know, having to say goodbye or already having to prematurely make preparations, you know, and as I'd mentioned many times before, this should have been a, a season of, you know, celebration, whether or not, you know, you want to bring up those numbers, like I said, whatever, but just, just what he brought to the game, what he brings to the game still, you know, the dude was called the machine and it is called the machine for a reason. Like, I'm not going to let a little more lackluster career in, you know, in Anaheim tarnish the overall powerhouse that this dude is and was like, that's just absolutely not going to happen. That's just disrespectful to not only, you know, a freaking Cardinals just juggernaut, but just an overall just baseball grade. It's just, especially with age, like that's the one thing is like, just definitely provide context in all things. Um, even if, even if it's at a 225, 226 clip, like that's fine too, but you know what it is. You're not, you're not expecting him to go out, to go out and get 280. He's batting 3-0, you know, you're not getting the 300 blackout from him. You knew that when you got him on the back end of the tenure, you were thinking like, let's just be honest here. As far as the angels are concerned, you knew that you were getting that as a supplementary to get trout and to get you know, you had you had your other hand, all these other handfuls of squads of angel squads that they've had over the years, but haven't really been able to hold a candle to whatever the rest of the ale has been has been dishing out. Only now, especially being well, I I how do I put this? Especially from the Dodgers' perspective, I've never hated the Angels. It's always been different division. Just you know, they just work down the street. My only issue came from the Los, An- Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which makes no sense because LA and Anaheim are completely different cities in completely different counties about 40 minutes apart from each other. So like literally it would take you 20 minutes to get from downtown out down to probably the 91 and then from the 91 freeway, you could take that all the way straight to Anaheim or freaking, you know, the f- cut through the five. How You know, all my SoCal people, you know what I'm talking about. You take the five to technically go to Disneyland or Knott's, whatever. But basically, that general direction, you know, you'd be there in about another 40 minutes or so. Maybe less, maybe another half hour. But yeah, you're talking about two different locations and two completely different my voice is cracking because I'm getting all emotional about it. But, you know, you're talking about two separate different locations in two separate different counties, like completely different lifestyles. And while, yes, SoCal is a whole different, but there are so many different subcultures within the Southern California area, especially when you talk about different counties. It's amazing. And it's something that, well, the Angels definitely just didn't didn't get especially when naming their team but that's just something that even to this day is just ridiculously dumb that would be like you know the the brooklyn nets but the nets still play in new jersey like instead of moving the arena like that still doesn't make sense why why would you be claiming brooklyn why would you be claiming new york why would you you know but you're playing in freaking trenton you're playing in freaking 
that's probably the only city I know. And I'm sorry, New Jersey people, but please put me on to more cities. Your boy needs to be more cultured. So, but back to my point though, aside from that, aside from the whole LA of Anaheim thing, there's no issues. You know, amazingly gorgeous stadium. It's always been easy to get to, you know, right off the 55 or maybe, maybe the 57. I always get those two mixed up, but you know, not a super hard stadium to get to. Uh, kind of dealing with the Honda Center, you know, uh, as far as, you know, when the Ducks, you know, the Anaheim Ducks play and stuff, you know, that is kind of, you know, trying to dig around that area and, and mess around. It kind of does get a little complicated, but overall, like I said, it's a beautiful stadium. Love the games there. It's well put together. I don't mind them as a franchise. Like I said, different, different league, different, different feel. Um... So yeah, I definitely can say without a doubt they've had their their chances, but they have not been filling. They have not filled out their squads nearly. Even if you want to take out these last handful of years, like I'll take out as far as well. Let's let's see this this recent crop of players. I'll say I'll go as far back as like let's say two thousand fourteen. Let's say like that. Any any time before, squads before then. So so nobody that's really within the. I mean, aside from like Kershaw and like Kenley Jansen and some of these like really long tenured, you know, back when they weren't really having Maeda and Ryu and I'm talking about like some early some early early squads. So even then, there were still plenty of squads that could make some. Obviously not division push, more than division pushes, but could make actual NLCS, NLDS pushes and obviously would fall short to either, you know, we saw, well, 16 was obviously the Cubs, but, you know, all the odd years of the, of the Giants taking were all wild cards, if I'm not mistaken, um, while the Dodgers were actually most, mostly dominant in the NL West, we had well, I mentioned before there were a lot of time the the Phillies when they won in I want to say oh nine knocked out the Dodgers for that. So, I know I'm 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 really just thinking off the top of my head, and I, I wish I did have some notes in front of me. But I, my my point being that there have been enough squads even within the back half of of the last ten. You know, I say the last ten years. I'm thinking two thousand to two thousand ten. You know, that that last that first half of those of that decade, there still were a few squads that were at least playoff worthy, playoff bound, however you want to, you know, could be playoff bound, however you want to put that together. Um, But just for whatever reason, you know, came and came across a better squad, you know, however that 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 shakes out. But compared to the Angels, I haven't really seen as much put forth up until now. So getting again, back to my general point, I am glad to see that this front office finally has the pieces to make a solid push consistently year in and year out. And it not be from years past or, you know, almost you're going to be coming up on next year. You're going to be coming up on, on 20 years since your last, you know, championship. I remember being in high school, you know, wow, that like really ages me. Um, 
being a freshman when they won. I remember that one of my boys being like pretty much the only legitimate Angels fan, especially growing up in SoCal. Everybody I knew was a Dodgers fan. You know, there were no Angels fan. There were no real Clippers fans, obviously. Laker City all day. So, you know, to see him as a legitimate Angels fan even before then, you know, I always have had a special part in my heart because I know that that, you know, that's all love. I'm not I'm not saying that it's not that there's no that there's not bad blood because obviously just freeway series and stuff. But generally speaking, I know they're not at the top of a Dodgers fan radar, nor should they be. So from afar, I've always like at least respected them enough to want them to do well, at least for themselves. So again, back to my point, I'm just so glad that they're finally at a point where they have not only generational talent, not only perennial talent, but they have them for a while and that they are trying to build off of that and they are trying to be competitive, especially while the American League is so, I don't want to say so wide open, but while it's wider open than a lot of teams and a lot of people want to realize. So I think I think the Angels just need to keep putting it together. I think they just need to do something about that, especially with Albert Pujols being, being designated. So... You know, being DFA'd right now, I just, that's uh, that's something I, I wasn't ready for, I guess, kind of getting back to that. That definitely was not something I thought we would be discussing until at least maybe trade deadline, maybe release him to make room for cap space or something. But I mean, at the same time, if they are going to, if they are going to be pulling the trigger early, I'm glad that they're they're at least doing it now. I mean, maybe if another team picks him up or they work something else out, you know, at least, at least it's out of the way now. And, and I mean, as far as, you know, if you want to look at it from the band-aid perspective, you know, just rip it right off if you're going to do it. I'd rather you just do it instead of trying to pretend that you're trying to make a September push and you're going to be freaking 60 and 90, you know, and just saying, fuck it, we'll just cut him, you know. I'd rather I'd rather take the heartbreak now, at the end of the day, and and deal and deal with it now, like I said, trying to process all the emotions, trying to make sure he gets his flowers. But at the same time it is bittersweet because you thought you would have the whole season to give to be able to give him his flowers and be able to give him his due and to give him those curtain calls, you know especially depending on how how stadiums start opening up more and whatnot. You know, you were looking forward to at least getting enough opportunities to be able to give him that extra little bit of of something. So I think that that's something that's definitely going to be the most tangible, I guess, as far as the... I don't want to say it's like a bitter bitter taste that's going to leave in your mouth, but it's definitely something where you're like, "Mm, I kind of just wish... But I mean... No season is perfect. A lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas in the game of baseball. So, uh, again, it's, it just remains to be seen how, how the rest of the season is going to shape up. Um, I would definitely not put it past any team to scoop him up. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him to, to obviously retire either. I mean, they, they did mention before. So, I mean, he could he could be writing his his long, heartfelt letter hopefully not but he could be as as we speak so uh 
yeah, I think that's just something that we're just going to have to remain and be patient to see and kind of just delve into whenever whenever we cross that bridge. So, yeah, regardless, it is a uh, very sad end to an era, a very uh, just kind of surreal, for sure, definitely surreal Um I don't want to say it's unfathomable because, but it's definitely just kind of something that makes, that makes you just kind of sit and just stew on it. Like just because of, of the impact, not only for him, but just, um, I don't want to say societal, but in the broader scheme of baseball, like I said, this is an end of an era. So this is kind of like, well, uh, as I've said many times before this, this game this league is very young now. There's not a lot of guys like Pulhos from the early 2000s, you know, raking around and, you know, and putting on the uniform. I mean, there there just isn't. They we're definitely seeing a shift. We're definitely seeing a younger attitude. We're definitely seeing a lot more flair, which I'm not, obviously not saying anything against. I'm just saying right now, we're seeing that shift. We're seeing those last remaining gleams of light from from a, from the league of yesterday. I mean, to to kind of put it to kind of put it out there, it's definitely that time is definitely not the game that we have in front of us. I mean, even if you think about it, the game in front of us isn't even really the game that we had in. 2010 you know you think about everything that we've gone through i don't even want to say as a society just think you know just base just baseball wise politics aside just you know the different championships and the different you know the series and and the teams that have risen and fallen and you know just where we are as far as fan perception um as I mentioned before, with social media, you know, just engagement, the levels of engagement, the levels of not not advertising, but just like the marketing, like just how how games, how players are marketed, how those connections and networkings are being established. Like we're, we're at such a different point. And it's only going to get obviously more technology, more technologically advanced and integrate, you know, and integrated, but. There's just going to be so many other aspects about it that we don't even realize that will benefit the game. And it's like, I'm just saying this abstractly because I can't even begin to fathom. So that's what I mean by unfat. It's not it's not that it's just I can't begin to imagine how they're going to employ it. And it's going to take those those amazing individuals that work behind the scenes and, you know, and make these apps happen or make, you know, video this video production work or make this graphic design you know, this piece of art pop out or, you know, it really is going to take millions of, of different people of different walks of life that just, you know, put their stamp and put their put their thing in into the game, into the league, into the team, person, player, whatever. You know, there's there's so much that remains to be seen. And as I had mentioned before, with, you know, MLB 2030, MLB 2040, you know, talking about Negro Leagues on, on the Centennial, 
how does that look for you know MLB when they reach another you know a centennial ce- celebration you know how does the league look back on itself and then continue to move forward or or what does it learn from its past and then move forward so a lot there's a lot to be excited for obviously more like i said technologically analytics all this good stuff all the all the nitty-gritty details that that give you the big picture of, of what makes of what makes this game so what makes this game so great well, i'm just getting tongue twat <laughs> i'm just getting tongue-tied today <laughs> but yeah it's just something i, I really think is going to be is going to be exposed more obviously we're going to get more more of these you know fine details you know obviously the stat cast and the stats that don't matter and and baseball reference and you know all the sabers of the world which you know do great work do amazing work but and we need them that's that's the point we need them we're going to be seeing a lot more of them and, and it's really going to be bringing the game at a greater level of detail than obviously some are familiar with, but that some didn't even may not even recognize. And what I mean by recognize is like, yes, you don't you don't really realize all the small intricate details that that may lead to the greater the greater product that you see on the field that lead to the greater success when it comes time to it. You may not have known, you know, the small cog that fits onto the bigger one that makes the whole machine run. Like, so I think that that's the beauty of, of what all this exposure is doing. It really just opens your eyes to the different facets of obviously operations in game marketing, advertising, you know, public relations, hospitality, you know, actual events, post game, like actual, you know, post game recovery, like all there's just so so many different things like i I mean obviously i'm getting getting a little ahead of myself with that but there's just so many things that that we still are are tapping into there's still so many things that we have have yet to have fully unlocked if that makes sense there's a lot of things that we could that we could obviously do more of do without whatever however you want to look at that but obviously that comes from trial and error and that comes from us actually employing and actually using you know using these programs or these initiatives or these systems or you know policies whatever have you you know this game grows this game grows with us and we have to allow that we have to allow the the game to grow organically too so But I th- I think, well, I guess I should just wrap this up. But I think it's also the great, at the end of the day, it's obviously going to be up to MLB, how they employ that. I mentioned before, obviously, different, you know, diversity initiatives, different, different inner city programs. Obviously, you have different opportunities for internships as far as internally, um, you know, internally operations, how they may switch things up you know, within their own, uh, corporate culture, as far as product on the field, I mean, that, that, that takes shape and form in different ways. So, um, 
And obviously that gets affected in different ways and, you know, shapes and forms depending on how, how the former uh, chooses to employ certain policies or how it conducts its own business. So like I've mentioned before and will continue to mention, MLB at the end of the day is a business and they will make moves in such a way that will continue to protect their interests in their business. So um, as far as, how do I say it? As far as what actually comes to fruition, uh, there will, be, I'm sure there will be stuff. I'm not saying that there won't. I'm just, I think I'm more interested in what actually, in what that'll look like as far as what the actual tangible program will be, how it'll actually be employed in, and then what the end goal of it, you know, what, what the end goal of the program is and, and how well that end goal was achieved, if that makes sense. Like what, what you were trying to seek, what you were trying to accomplish and how well or roundabout how you think you achieved that or how you attempted to achieve if it's too big of an overall problem. Like if you're saying, like obviously we have these these games where, you know, certain players hit a certain number, you know, we'll feed kids, we'll, you know, we'll donate for each home run, we'll do this amount. So I know I know that there's programs, there's there's little things out there to, you know, but I'm talking about more about like the actual corporate behind you know when when it's not actually during the game when you you know the side events and and things like that that you normally wouldn't see unless unless you're more familiar with as i mentioned before the the more corporate side of 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 mlb so i think like i said before just bringing those all to fruition and bringing those to light is something that mlb is definitely going to have to highlight it's definitely going to have to be pushing forward without a doubt definitely be developing definitely be and when i say developing like new new ideas current ideas and giving life and support to both of them like obviously allowing new initiatives and new programs and stuff putting people in those positions to be able to create or administer or implement these programs, you know, one of one, if not all three or some combination of those, but just, I mean, not just for the job creation sense, but really just putting the power in the hands of people who can really make tangible change and who can actually implement programs that, as I just said, actually have tangible change, not just, not just lip service, not just here's 2.5 million for the year to just shut up and here's my tax write-off but actual actual investment so yeah i think i think my soapbox uh is getting a little rickety i think i've taken enough of your time uh i guess this episode is more of just like a midweek uh ranting kind of all over the place uh episode eight will probably be a little more structured uh let's see uh, I guess uh, last last point of the post, I guess I'll say, is uh, our good friend, the uh, Diamondback, Diamondback King over here, looking for his fourth date. Unfortunately, did not did not work out for him to get it. So, I guess I should uh, guess I should uh, send out, you know, some low key a shout out. Not sure if you're gonna hear this guy, but keep your head up, King. You know, there's plenty out there. 
Not sure how old you are. You probably look like you're in your early 20s. Pretty young, strapping young man. Let you know, dude. As an older dude, plenty out there. You got time. You know, obviously, if you're going to find, you know, if you're going to find a love being a Diamondbacks fan, you you definitely have a lot of patience. You definitely have a lot of of experience dealing with, with some disappointment. So... I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, I know you got patience and I know you got some grit. So, you know, like I said, keep your keep your crown up, King. There's plenty out there. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we can get you here in the dirt bag, dirt bag dugout sometime or something. I don't know. Get you in the dugout just talking, bullshitting. <laughs>